Hashtag life hack. Hashtag parenting hack. Hashtag momming. Hashtag Christ in the chaos. That's too many hashtags. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's pastor share their messy attempt at raising a Christ-centered family. We may not know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen. And I'm Joel, her husband. (laughs) Usually you say I'm here with my husband. (laughs) Oh, I'm not claiming you this week. Today, we are talking about our parenting hacks, things that have come up in the first five years of parenting that have gotten us through this far. Um, But before we get to those brilliant, ridiculous, and hopefully useful to you ideas, we wanted to let you know that in the month of September, we are going to take a break from recording the podcast. Yeah. You guys have had just about enough of us on episode 31. (laughs) That's almost, that's more than half a year. Oh, it's way more than half a year. And uh, we've been cranking them out except for one week the whole year. And uh, we are going to take a break. And we're probably going to plan intermittent breaks in the future and maybe not go eight months without a break next time. But um, so for the whole month of September, we're going to be taking a break and we will return the first Friday of October or whenever we Mm -hmm. get recording in October. And it makes sense to release on a Friday. But it's okay in the meantime to tell us how much you missed the podcast and how much you can't wait till it comes back. Seriously. But before that, we need to check in. This is the weekly family check-in. Go check in with your family. You know, see how they're doing. Make sure they're okay. Real check-ins. This is your reminder. Not, hey, how's your day? Good. 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 They'll probably say the same thing we say every single time. It's just... I'm fine. I'm tired. How are you? I'm fine. I'm tired. Um, no, we're we're good. We're settling into a new routine with Dane in kindergarten, and it is. I'm not crying. You're crying. No, it's it's um at this point the bigger deal to me is um, figuring out when I'm going to fit in my work time, and um on the work side. Uh, it just turns out that running a church is really hard and complicated and knowing what's best is really hard and complicated. And I am feeling the weight of that this week in a way that I haven't felt it for months, um, if ever. Um, so uh, that's it's, stressful. Yeah, it's been a hard week here in the demand house. <laughs> I'm bringing been, my work home with me emotionally. And Lucky I've Joel. been sick and I've yes. been bringing my work home with me emotionally. I've had a lot of stuff yes. going on this week. Uh, but fortunately tomorrow is the last day of the stuff. And so then we're off on vacation to go see my parents. Oh, let's not call it a vacation. We're driving five hours on Friday night to get there and five hours on Sunday night to get home. And are we driving? I'm (laughs) spending like barely 24 hours in a five hour away place that mm, not vacation. Anyways, we're going we're going on vacation at my parents' house for my dad's retirement party. Yeah, it woo-woo. should be fun. He's starting a podcast, so we'll be sure to <laughs> advertise here. Will we though? <laughs> eh. But before we advertise my dad's podcast, we should probably get to our own. 
today we're talking about parenting hacks. Um, these are kind of the almost silly, unique to our family things, but things that hopefully can apply to yours in some way. Or maybe spark some imagination on your part of, oh, I could do something yes. like that. Um, so the parenting hacks that we're coming up for are spiritual, practical, bedtime, behavior, learning, and on the go. I feel like a Alex Trebek right now. <laughs> I'll take spiritual for 100. Um, so starting with the spiritual. The first answer is, no, wait, <laughs> sorry, I got confused. What show are we on? Um, the first thing that, that is a parenting hack with regard to prayer. Um, if you look at, at, back at our prayer episode, you'll see that I have a very informal expectation of the way our kids pray, um, that I want them to be expressive and comfortable and to talk to God and to bring God their authentic self. Um, but we do a couple of kind of ritualistic type prayers to open them up and um, and help them along in growing in prayer. And one of those things that we do is our praise prayer, um, where every single night we get on the floor. Um, I ask them, what good thing did God do in your life today? And they share it. And then we all do a backward somersault and say, we praise you. <laughs> I think the thing you do with prayer that is best is not just the fun, open spiritual prayers, but the consistency of prayers. Mm -hmm. Our kids kind of become what they do. They don't become who they are and then do what they are. They, they become what they do. And you do a really good job of consistently, constantly, let's pray, let's rope God in, let's pray, let's talk to God, let's see what God thinks, what would God think, what would God do? And it's little things, like when we see a fire truck with a siren on, you, oh, Dane will say, fire truck, we have to pray, we have to pray. And then he'll pray for yeah. the fire trucks and the kittens that they're going to go get, which and I'm not sure how to deal with that part. But The balance, too, is though, it, even though there's a lot of ritual in the way we pray, we pray at similar times and at similar reminders, that the prayers themselves are not rote and not rehearsed and not the same thing every time, that I try to model and try to... Um, get the kids to be spirit-led in their prayer. Um, so the things that remind us to pray yeah. are the same. Reminders and triggers, mm -hmm. right? The things that seen a fire truck before we eat, before we go to bed, when we find a penny, when, we, when we're sad. Whenever we're getting over discipline, the end of every yeah. disciplinary connection between me and them um, is a prayer moment or and a reminder of God's mm -hmm. love for them. And your um, kids just get in the habit and then that becomes who they are. They become a person who turns to God and looks to God, and it works for you too. If you want to be the type of person who turns to God, you have to be the type of person who turns to God first, and then you'll become that person. The next area within a, the spiritual life hack is with regard to memorizing scripture. And I know what you're thinking. Don't you have a three and a five-year-old? And the answer is, yes, I do. And they have a ton of scripture memorized. Mm -hmm. um, and that is thanks to uh, Seeds Family Worship and Jumpstart 3. They're both on Amazon. They are musical. They are catchy. Um, and the three-year-old will sing like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he sings um, it better than that, to be fair. Yes, he does. And uh, Kids got chops. It, uh, it is by grace. You have been saved through faith and not from yourself. Um, and Dane like add in that song, they go, la-di-da, la-di-da. And he goes, light it up, light it up, which I think is very appropriate when talking yeah. about Jesus and grace. Um, but the point being, you can, if you, I, what I do is I turn on Seeds Family Worship whenever we're doing um, 
kind of quiet play. If they're coloring, if they're doing puzzles, if they are doing something that leaves enough space for music to get in, um, I play that musical scripture in the background. And now my kids know probably more than most adults because of Seeds Family Worship. And um, and I my kid yeah. can recite Romans 10, 9 because of Jumpstart 3. Um, it's I can't just, get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> if you declare. Yeah, no, it's very true. And the last parenting hack, and this is the most self-serving one on the list, I promise, is serving in kids' ministry. I think that the, the other people who serve on the GS Kids team would probably say the same thing, um, that serving in the ministry gives you the information you need to take what we learn in on Sunday into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. So if you are serving in kids' ministry, you know what your kid was supposed to have learned or what habit they were supposed to have developed in um, kids church and you can take it into your everyday life. You can point yeah. to that story. You can point to that, that good news message that you heard. And even if that's not your spot, if you can't or don't want to serve there, get plugged in with that mm-hmm. because there's going to be something. And if there isn't, if your Sunday school directors or teachers don't have something like a piece of paper that says, what did we talk about this week? Ask for it. Encourage them mm-hmm. to make something. It doesn't have to be complicated. Or ask them what they talked about. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, when you pick up your kid, what did you guys talk about this week? So I can talk to them. Just get plugged in there. If you can serve once a month, that would probably help. You could even serve by, I don't know, asking the Sunday school director, what are we talking about this week? And then making the flyer. Yeah. It's, um, if you have a Sunday school director that doesn't communicate what they did with the kids that week, um, and they don't, and they're annoyed by answering that question, then, then you got a bigger problem <laughs> because for me, if a parent asks me what we did, I want to re-give them the entire lesson um, because I'm so excited that a parent cares enough to ask. Um, so know what's going on in your kid's ministry mm-hmm. and then recall it through the week so that the kids can actually connect Sunday yeah. with their real life. And then, well, then you can say, oh, didn't you already learn blah, 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 or didn't teacher say, da, 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 didn't miss so-and-so say, and then it starts that reinforcement. Yeah. Okay, here's some of our practical life hacks, starting with what I think is the most demand, classic, and my favorite one that we ever came up with. Um, And it is to help your kids not only pick up their toys, but to pick up their toys as fast as possible. So when the kids were pretty little, probably like not yet two and not yet four, I one time picked up the room and I told them to cheer for me and I played Johnny Be Good. And no, I didn't even play it. I sang it. And I said, go, mommy, go, go, go. And I cleaned up the whole I've living room. Story. I cleaned up the whole living room singing like, like mommy is the fastest cleaner upper. Yeah. And like all this stuff. And I cleaned up the whole room. And then they wanted to be a part of it. So the next time we cleaned up, I turned on Johnny Be Good. And we all raced to clean up the room to try to get it done before the end of the song. Yes. And Johnny Be Good is not that long of a song, but with three people cleaning up, you can finish in time. The punishment for not cleaning up before the end of the song is you don't finish before the song ends. And that is the worst punishment we've ever inflicted on our children. Except for- They freak out and like, we have to get it done before the, oh no, this is the last verse. But I will say when, when we don't, we go on to the next song, which is Crocodile Rock. And we almost always finish before we're, mm-hmm. nah, but they really have a like 
a drive to get finished. Yes. And it's like, it's one thing to get your kids to clean up your toys. That's great or whatever. But to get them to clean them up with like fast. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so great. It works so well. Actually, I think a lot of these are about tricking your kid into thinking work is fun. It's like there's a um, concept called gamifying. And that's what it is. I know. I was a game designer. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things we do is we have red alert. We don't tell our kids to go to their dots or to go to their spots or to go to get ready. We say, go to your battle stations. It's their battle stations. And their battle stations are their names taped to the ground next to the door. <laughs> and that's where they go to put their shoes on and their jackets on and get ready to go out. Way more useful in the winter. Yes. Yeah. It's right next to their shoes. It's next to the coat closet. Uh, and so we use our Echo device. But I think any of the smart devices will do this. If you say their name and then say red alert, they will go, aye, aye, Captain. And they'll do a red alert. And our kids lose their mind and, and run to yes, their spot. They run to their battle station, battle stations, battle stations. And now it's kind of the point that I just go, all right, boys, battle stations are all right, boys, red alert. And they just go. Yeah. And they get in that habit. But you made it. We made it fun first, right? Mm-hmm. We made it battle stations. It was a loud and messy thing. Kids love loud and messy. And if you can make it loud and messy, they'll get into it. Speaking of things that are not messy or that are messy, and here's the hack for it, we kind of backed into this one. There was a broom and dustpan at Cost Plus that was like my favorite color of like minty, blue. aqua blue that matches everything in my kitchen. And it was so cute. And Joel was like, we should get this. And I was like, oh, we do. Is that how the conversation went? You, okay. I mean, <laughs> I said we should get this. And, um, and so we, said, we hung it up in our kitchen. And um, I tried to sweep with it for the first time. And it turns out that the adorable broom from Cost Plus picks up no dirt. Which is actually kind of convenient. But yeah, it sat there for a long time until um, our kids were young enough to play with little Legos. And we have a hard, uh, well, we have a laminate floor. Well, it's not, we don't have a hardwood floor, but we have a laminate floor. And we use this broom for the sole purpose of picking up toys and not dirt. So we don't use a dirty broom. I mean, it gets dirty because it goes on the floor. But when we're cleaning up Legos, when they're all over the floor, we use this one broom and this one dustpan to pick up the Legos and dump them back into the Lego bin. And so basically having a toy broom that is different than your cleaning broom so that when you have toys everywhere, I cannot tell you, even if you have mixed toys that are not just Legos, putting them in a big pile and sorting them in the pile as opposed to picking them up one at a time Mm -hmm. and taking them where they go so much faster. Sometimes I even take the toys that are around the whole room, put them on the coffee table, sort them, and then take them back to where they belong because it drives me crazy to do it the other way. One thing you've done really well that I kind of wish I had been the one to do is you've really instilled a love of books and reading in the kids. And again, I think it comes down to doing it a lot and it being something they do a lot, but I think you've also made it a prize by going to Goodwill and because their books don't last very long, no matter what you do. And they and also and so you go to Goodwill and buy, they get to pick out a book. I get to get a prize. You get a like prize. Today. Seven books. <laughs> yeah. And it costs you a dollar and they get to feel like they've gotten something. And now they're not, it's not just a book, it's a new book. So they're excited about it. And then we don't get bored of them. And now yeah, I know what people are thinking. Have you ever heard of the library? And we do use the library. And in fact, I've literally just kind of had the mental space to be like, we need to use the library more. Um, but the reality is that having library books, especially with younger kids, is anxiety inducing um, because they are rough on books. And we're at that stage now where our youngest is three. 
where there's like some self-control over how he cares for his stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's, a, he's one of those kids that has sort of a destructive mindset. So um, having books from Goodwill takes the pressure off. It also means that you can keep them indefinitely. It also means you can pass them on to other kids or younger kids when you're done with them. Um, you can donate them. There's like a, I, having a dollar book from Goodwill that you own that is yours um, is is worth it to me. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get great books at Goodwill. You can get books like good representation. You can get amazing science topics. There's just like so much that like I can just imagine a family getting gifted and then being like, well, who cares about this and giving it away? And I'm like, I care about it. Um, going to Goodwill and getting books and and buying the 99 cent version of the book with no pictures, that's key. Another gamified thing that we did was um, teaching our kids their letters. And this was successful with our oldest and very successful with our youngest. Um, <laughs> he really loves this game. Um, so I just lay out flash because because. I oh I was the sort of person that was like always buying the letter flashcards at Target, um, but what I did is I just lay them out and I sit in the other room with like my phone. This is kind of like mommy zone out time, and I yeah any game you can play with the kids where you're sitting down is a good game in my book. And I'll be like, go get the letter B, and then they run to the other end of the house and get the B and bring it back. And for some reason, the like mental rest that comes with the running part of it and the physical aspect of it makes it more enjoyable. I think it helps them to focus. So it's just a matter of like placing the letters like 30 feet away from wherever you're sitting, um, starting with like maybe the five or 10 they already know, and then adding letters like two or three at a time until you have all 26 and they can grab any letter you ask them for. Our youngest learned his, at least uppercase letters, all on his own, ridiculously young because he just loved playing this game. Yeah, he likes running. We've also taught them. We've taught them, Joel. Is that we've taught them? I've taught them because I'm lazy to do their own research. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Our oldest and now starting our youngest will ask us a question. And actually now he'll kind of just skip us and go straight. We're like, I don't know. Go go ask the computer. And he will yell at the Echo or whatever smart device you have and and just ask it. How do you say this in Spanish? How big is a whale? What 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 do you call Earth? How far away is the sun? Yeah. Random things. And, and she knows all of them. <laughs> not all of them. She didn't know what is Earth. Uh, she goes, a planet? I don't know. What are you talking about? But then she'll be like, but, did that answer your question? And I'm like, no, but good try. No, like, <laughs> good try. Um, yeah. And so he, he's gotten really into that and he'll spend. He'll just talk forever to her. Just asking questions. How do you say hello in Spanish? Who's the, what's the tallest mountain? How big is a whale? Yep. Like just going forever. And it's those those kind of constant questions that you can't answer. Or you you would have to look it up yeah. yourself, but he takes the initiative to do it mm-hmm. himself. So those smart devices. Um, yeah. It, technology isn't bad if you can use it correctly and foster it in an environment of, you know, using it to learn and not just to zone out. Right. We're not just watching cartoons, which we totally do, so that I can have a break. We're learning something from it speaking of the of learning and the library is it took me like way too long to learn this and maybe this is just absolute bonehead library 101 for everyone else um but it took me a while to remember to take a especially with two kids to take a backpack to the library 
um, because I would have like six books in my hand and then a two-year-old and then a four-year-old and one of them would bolt and I wouldn't have a hand oh, to a like- backpack ever, An empty backpack everywhere you go. Well, and so a part, my initial anxiety was that people were going to think I was stealing books from the library by putting them directly into my backpack. And then I realized that was crazy. <laughs> Like, you can't steal what they're giving away. No, I mean, it was just really funny. I was like, oh, I'm like, I guess this is just practical. And if somebody says, are you stealing those books? I'll be like, no, I just have two small children. Um, nobody has ever said anything to me about putting books directly into my backpack. Put them in my backpack. And then when it's time to check out, I check them out. The next thing that we have hacks for is bedtime. And I will say we are the master of bedtime right now. Okay. The kids went to sleep before eight o'clock tonight. That was good. 7.59, I was out of the room. Um, one of the things that I would not have expected to be a parenting hack as for people with more than one kid um, is putting them in the same room. Uh, we went from two adults for like 40 minutes of time to one adult for like mm. 20 minutes and I draw it out on purpose. And that may just been a part of them getting older. Yes. But also, but, I think they are more comfortable in the room with each other. They're mm -hmm. not as scared. And when they get a little older, we'll split them up again if they want. But yeah, I think especially the younger one. We don't need this space in the house. It's just easier to have them in the same yeah. room. They like to be, they don't like to be alone, especially at night. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're not. You're there with brother. It's fine. The other thing too that we switched over in bedtime and and I felt like <laughs> this needs a little bit of explanation as we switched over from trying to have a bedtime routine to having a bedtime ritual. This needs a lot of explanation. So when the kids were really little, everybody tells you when you have babies, like babies really need a routine. And we were never a family that could get it together to do the same thing every night or even close to every night on a consistent basis. And once the kids were old enough, we switched over from being like bath, stories, toothbrush, bed. Um, to starting with tea time and but you can't do tea time till you get in your pajamas you get in your pajamas then we start we have a relaxing tea time and have a, a little treat and then we watch seven minutes of youtube funny animal videos i'm not sure it's how that mostly just animals running into people yep and then but we you can't watch your videos till we clean up tea time yeah yes and then we brush our teeth and then mm -hmm. they come in for their devotional and then we do our praise prayer and our special hug time prayer. And then they go up, we count down from 10 and they get into their beds and then we read Harry Potter and then they go to sleep and they do go to sleep because that is the ritual. It's we instead of having like, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. I literally at one point in an attempt to make this a thing made a really cute checklist, um, but we never followed or did the checklist, but we have no problem following the ritual yeah because there's things they want to do and then there's things they have to do in the way of the thing they want to do things that are interwoven things they have mm. to do they're interwoven in the in the yeah. ritual they have to get their pajamas on they have to brush their teeth brush their teeth you know they have to say their prayers to do to get to that next thing they have to oh right right yeah yeah no no no. i want to go do this so i'm going to go you know i want to go do devotional so i'm going to go brush my teeth so i can get to devotional because you can't do devotional without brushing your teeth obviously <laughs> yeah and just, yeah, mixing those into... God, I can't of, hear you with dirty teeth. <laughs> right? Instead of a number of different steps, a larger organization, a, a bigger thing of we're doing these things that are fun as a family, 
part of those steps are these things that kids don't want to do, but then mixing them in so that it just becomes all part of it. And they, they want to, they, oh man, if we don't do tea time, they freak out. And well, we can threaten taking away tea time all day and it is a thing. And so that's having tea time be a thing that they want to do. All those other things just fall into place. So we don't pretend to be great disciplinarians or behavioral management people, but the truth is... I pretend to be great all the time. Our older kid is very well behaved. Our younger kid is a challenge, a, a more normal three-year-old child. But there are a couple of hacks we've come up with in the way um, in the that have helped manage their behavior, um, particularly with the big one that has worked really well is counting to three. We have always had a kid... Um, one of our kids, when we start counting to three, he falls in line almost every time. And it's, yeah, it's pretty hard though. And frustrating because it's more about you being mm-hmm. <laughs> consistent and you being disciplined because if you don't break their little brain that, oh no, at three, the thing is going to happen no matter what, then it doesn't matter how much you count because they're like, oh, well, they're counting again. Good for you. You can count to three, mom. Good job. Because the, it's that that Pavlovian training of when three happens, things are moving. So I better get going before then. Yeah. And and I would say I have heard a lot of people joke about this technique. I don't do not believe that counting to three works for every or even most kids. But for the kids it does work for, you have to, before you say the word one, decide that you're going to enforce on three and you will see Joel and I look at each other and like think that we're going to count and then look at me like neither one of us is getting up. I would rather him do the bad behavior than than have to get up and stop it. So we don't count and we never start. We never start counting unless we are going to get up and enforce. One thing we do count is we will count down if we're not going to enforce because counting down tends to be more of a, Oh, it's everybody kind of like, Yakety sack starts playing and everybody yeah. starts running in a direction. Counting down works better with our younger one. Yes. Because I, I don't know if he's more like challenge, more race inclined, whatever it is. It's that like, oh no. It's like it builds anxiety. There's a countdown. Yeah. I've got to get there fast before the countdown. Hi, you can't catch me. Count more of that like. There's no consequence if they don't make it by the countdown. The worst consequence of all. Yes. They didn't make it by the countdown. Um. So yeah, we all just be like, everybody to... uh. The back bedroom, 10, 9, 8. And they all, they just like, they both throw their hands up in the air and panic and run. Um, and I will say we have, I don't think we have ever had a consequence for not meeting that 10, 9, 8 countdown. <laughs> no, it's not a punishment. Although you did come up with the worst punishment of all time. The worst punishment I've ever heard of. So we, Which- we had a real need for um, a, a behavioral adjustment with our littlest because on a regular basis, he climbed out our back doggy door into our backyard to play outside. And um, first of all, our back doggy door's stairs are questionable. But second of all, I he is not old enough, in my opinion, to play outside. Of, regardless of what your kid is like at three, my three-year-old is not capable Y'all, of playing outside. she puts his stuffed animals in timeout. <laughs> she puts his stuffed animals in He does not respond timeout. to timeout. She goes, uh-oh, Tigger's going in. Tigger is his cat. It's not a Tigger, like Winnie the Pooh Tigger. It, my mom's cat's name is Tigger. He has a stuffed cat. He thinks all cats are named Tigger. So she'll put Tigger in timeout and he balls cannot take it. He just loses it. And so it. you say like, oh, Levi, if you don't stop that, Peter Rabbit's going in timeout. And man, that like 
He's like, no, not my whipping boy. Like, um, yeah, no. And you, um, so nothing has so clearly worked because we literally had him climbing out the doggy door four, five, six, sometimes seven times a day. And I would have to like unlock the door, go back out in the backyard, pull him in. And then every single time I didn't have eyes on him, he like looked and checked and would run to the back of the house and out the doggy door. And we started implementing this, this uh, toy in timeout thing. He doesn't care about the toys, um, but the psychological effect of it is that it ended That's him brutal. climbing out the doggy door, which was amazing because regular timeout did not work for this kid. Another thing with regard to behavioral is when you're trying to get your kids, especially quickly, um, like if they're about to touch something hot or um, just break something or spill something um, because you can see them reaching is instead of saying, don't touch that, um, which of course is going to make them touch it. I always say, hands on belly, hands on belly, hands on belly. I'll do it with my ministry kids too, um, especially if they're pushing or shoving each other and they need to react really quickly. Um, that affirmative command to do something seems to work better than telling them not to do something with their hands. Mm -hmm. um, so if they're doing something with their hands or their feet or their head um, that you don't like and you want to stop it quickly because it's a safety issue or it's going to cause a mess or whatever, um, try an affirmative command that makes the thing they're doing impossible rather than telling them not to do the thing that they're doing. The last category we have are uh, parenting hacks for when you are on the go. Hashtag on the go. One of the things we have is with regard to bringing toys with you to wherever you go. Our rule is that you are allowed to bring a toy in the car, but you cannot take the toy in wherever you are going. If you are going to preschool, if you are going to a restaurant, if you are going to grandma's house, if you are going to like you can't bring the toy in. The toy stays in the car. Yeah, that seems to have really been a compromise for them that they totally accept. Yes. They really want to take, I want to take this toy. Okay, you can take it in the car. Well, okay. But you can't take it inside. All right. And then they just kind of roll with it. And then we're not chasing down toys our entire life. So there's something, actually, I'm going to save it for the so that came up, but just remember that it is related to this rule. One of the other things I did early on when I started being a great parent and giving my kids Happy Meals all the time in the car um, was go to the Dollar Tree and get little, I don't know what those are called. They're, you know, like shower totes when you're in college. They're like really miniature versions of those. And um, they have a little slot for the cheeseburger or the chicken nuggets and um, a little slot for the French fries. And whenever they eat in the back of the car, instead of just handing them a box with stuff in it, I stuff it into these little totes and everything kind of sits down into it instead of slipping and falling out onto the ground. Um, they're a dollar at the Dollar Tree. There's probably a lot of things you could buy, but just the idea of giving your kids an easy in-car eating experience if you are also that kind of mom. And we are that kind of mom. <laughs> we we're really, really are. I mean, we we were having a discussion with our friends the other day about, you know, what is your what is your parenting strength? What is your parenting weakness? And ours was the same on both counts mm -hmm. in that we are chronically underprepared as parents. <laughs> Um, we were, even when our kids, I mean, we still have one kid that is not potty trained, but we have never been a diaper bag family. I just never got in the habit of bringing a diaper bag in wherever I was. Um, I either had like a purse that had like one diaper and like a small thing of wipes or like just like the very basic necessities. And often if I was like walking into Hobby Lobby with my kids, I would just like 
go and buy stuff. And if one of them pooped while I was in there, I'd go out to the car and change them because the idea of hauling around all of that equipment all of the time was oppressive to me. And I just never did it. And I, it has never been that good. We've never had any big disasters. Yeah. And it did teach our kids that sometimes you're hungry, sometimes you're cold, sometimes you want something and it's just not there. And so they tend to do really well when they're deprived on trips, long car rides, airplane rides. They're tough. Yeah. But not in an abusive way. So don't call CPS, but they are tough. (laughs) Yeah. In a just, they have an understanding of, I will, we always feed them. When they're hungry, we always feed them. And they know they're going to get food. They feel secure in that fact. But they also know they don't always get it right now. Yep. And And that, I think, has been a really good thing for them. And sometimes not a great thing because sometimes our kids are hungry and they don't get food. I actually think the bigger problem is that sometimes they're thirsty and they don't have water. I think that is the more dangerous side of of what um, I um, think they can wait to eat. Sometimes um, but, they're poopy and they don't have a diaper. I, okay. Parent of the year. I will say that it also um, has made them closer with their aunt who whenever we're out with them is always prepared. So whenever we go to like She's the one zoo. Of them good parents. Yeah, she always has like 50,000 snackies and I'm like. Sorry, but I will say when her kids come to my house, we have our like snacks out and they absolutely annihilate it. And I think we've pretty much come out even in public and in in my house. (laughs) Another thing that we do out is oogly boogly. And you don't have to use the phrase oogly boogly. uh, But oogly boogly is the phrase I use when I want the kids to hold hands with me or with each other. So oogly boogly is the person who's in the middle. So if I'm I say oogly boogly mom, it means I want one kid on each side. A lot of the times when Levi was really little, I would say oogly boogly Levi. And so I would get on one side of Levi and Dane would get on the other side of Levi. And um, it's just a phrase that tells them that we need to get connected up and that we're in a place that we need to be safe and holding hands. And yes, you could just say, hold hands with your brother. They ignore you. They ignore you. It's not as much Code words. The giggly, silly word really triggers something that is just like we're doing something fun Mm -hmm. it tells them it's something you want to do and they're not old enough to understand it's not something they don't care about yeah and so they then they just become the type of people when you say it boom they trigger finally this is like a silly one but um i made a life goal to um have the car be clean and if you go to at least to our local car wash and you pay them $1 and buy an air freshener, you have access to their vacuums. Um, so I like to take the kids with me, keep them strapped down, vacuum out the car while they're in it. Then I get one of them to stand up, vacuum their seat, put them back in, strap them back in, and then do the other kid's seat. Um, just I We don't wash our car at a car wash. We don't pay to wash our car because we're not that fancy, but I do pay $1 to use the vacuum Every two to three weeks um, to keep the car from becoming a swimming pool of crumbs. Speaking of a swimming pool of crumbs. (laughs) We also thought we'd share some of our pain points, places we don't have parenting hacks that are just like not going super well. Like life. (laughs) The first one for me is um, while our nighttime ritual is great, our morning ritual is kind of a mess. And a lot of the reason is up until last week, every single morning was different where they went, what time we left the house and what time you left the house um, or if you left the house. And it was just like I couldn't come up with anything consistent. 
But it occurs to me as we're preparing for this podcast that we are now leaving the house at the same time every day to take Dane to kindergarten. And we could develop a morning ritual that um, was consistent in the way our nighttime ritual was. You could always go with my morning ritual, which is kind of ignore the kids until it's about five minutes before we need to leave and then panic rip their pajamas off, throw new clothes on them and throw them in the car. Is that why every time I come home from church on Sunday, there are pee diapers and dirty clothes on the <laughs> no. floor? No, that's because I'm lazy. Another place that I'm struggling right now is with a three and five-year-old, if there is a retail establishment, an America's Tire Company, a DMV, a, oh, where did I go the other day where I was like, how do people do this? If I have to go to the doctor, God forbid, with both of them along with me, what am I supposed to do with them? They're too big for a stroller. If you don't have a shopping cart and I have to pull them along with me, I literally, people can't possibly have childcare for every errand they run. And I don't know what to do with them. If you know, email in. I, I, because I don't know. Because like my, both of my boys, at least, in general, are pretty well behaved. I think on the spectrum of what they could be, they are better than they are bad. But when we're when the other we went to America's Tire to get a tire rotated, we had to wait in like twenty minutes for the line, and they almost broke like everything in there. And I I cry I was crying when I was talking to the tire. He had like little kids, and he was like trying to console me. Um, <laughs> but I literally started crying when I was um, by the time I got to the front of the line, and I didn't know what to do with them and. Part of it, I know, I could have given him a phone, but I just didn't want to break down that way. And but people, people have done before. it for hundreds of years. People haven't really gone to the tire store for hundreds of years. I know, but, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not like we're the first family to do it without a phone. And I don't understand how people, do, and if I had been, if I had been prepared, I actually went to the tire company like a year ago and I brought like an entire bag full of toys to sit there and wait. Um, but this was a time when the tire was flat and I did not have the option of going home to get the toys first. And then it's like, what do I do? What do people do? I why does know. Why does TJ Maxx keep making their carts too small to put another person in? Maybe we should just stop going to TJ Maxx. No, thank you. All right, let's get to our final segment. So that came up. So I mentioned earlier that we let the kids take one toy in the car. And Dane makes it kind of a daily event where every single morning when he wakes up, he comes up to me with a stuffed animal behind his back and says, guess who I brought out today? And then <laughs> I say, I don't know, who is it? And he's like, dun, da, da, da. And he's cat boy, kitty girl marshmallow man, slimer, like whoever it is, he shows me who it is. Then he takes him in the car with him. Then whenever we arrive where we are, he goes up to whatever the stuffed animal is. He grabs them by both ears and tweaks them and says, communication on. And then he does his own ears and says, communication on. And then he pets it and then he walks away <laughs> so that he can talk to the stuffed animal wherever he goes while we're away. No, it makes sense. Does it though? No. I honestly have no idea where that even, what, why, where did that come from? <laughs> I, I don't know. So anyway, if you ever hear Dane over in the corner with one finger on his ear going, kitty girl, come in, kitty girl, come in. Um, in his mind, that makes perfect sense. All right, Joel, you want to pray us out? Yeah. 
God, be with us as we try to work through being parents, as we try to figure out what it is we're supposed to be doing, how to raise these kind of crazy kids to be kind of normal adults, how to do it without losing our minds, and how to help everyone get closer to you and and follow the path that you want us on. Also help us in our break, help us come back refreshed next month with new energy and new enthusiasm and a fiery spirit for this podcast and for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.